On my own, bossed up, got a car and a home, and I did it on my phone. I'ma show you how to get it strong, get the bag, and it don't take long, and you don't need a loan. You don't need a boss or a master. Get the right team, and it's faster. This a new chapter. Gotta learn the business in the game. Every day, new money, new change. Adapt to the lane. It ain't about the bread, but the brain. Work hard, play hard, new fame. No more chains. No more chains. Put my nine to five, finna go home, boys, finna be a vibe, finna be a vibe, vibe. They say take a leave, so I went to a die. I'm finna go live, put my nine to five, finna go home, boys, finna be a vibe, finna be a vibe, vibe. They say take a leave, so I went to a die. I'm finna go live on IG. Sorry, but a nine to five is not me. I'ma do myself until I D I E. You already know the vibe when I speak. Do not sleep, cuz. 20 months made 91k what you doing 40 hours i can do in one day with digital real estate that i own all i need is wi-fi and my phone get into it pursue it i show you how to do it you got a gift inside you but you never knew it let me put you in the game i've been a coach everything i do is dope man i'm finna go live put my nine to five finna go home boys finna be a vibe finna be a vibe vibe they say take a leave so i went to the dive i'm finna go live put my nine to five finna go home boys finna be a vibe finna be a vibe vibe they say take a leap so i went to the dive went to the brother bnx and young kind of die brother bnx uh, and young kind of die Assalamu alaikum family. Let's make sure that we tell a friend to tell a friend, tell a brother and tell a sister to come on in. I'm going to give it a few more minutes to let everyone come on in. I'm going to play the song one more time. Thank you, family. Uh, brother BNX and Young Connor Don. Brother BNX and Young Connor Don. I'm finna go live. Put my nine to five. Finna go home, boys. Finna be a vibe. Finna be a vibe. Vibe. They say take a leave, so I went to the dive. I'm finna go live. Put my nine to five. Finna go home, boys. Finna be a vibe. Finna be a vibe. Vibe. They say take a leave, so I went to the dive. Dive to do for self on my own, bossed up, got a car and a home, and I did it on my phone. I'ma show you how to get it strong, get the bag, and it don't take long, and you don't need a loan. You don't need a boss or a master. Get the right team, and it's faster. This a new chapter. Gotta learn the business in the game. Every day, new money, new change. Adapt to the lane. It ain't about the bread, but the brain. Work hard, play hard, new fame. No more chains. No more chains. I'm finna go live. Put my nine to five. Finna go home, boys. Finna be a vibe. Finna be a 
vibe, vibe. They say he take a leave, so I went to the dive. I'm finna go live, quit my nine to five. Finna go home, boys, finna be a vibe. Finna be a vibe, vibe. They say he take a leave, so I went to the dive. I'm finna go live on IG. Sorry, but a nine to five is not me. I'ma do myself until I die. You already know the vibe when I speak. Do not sleep, cause the 20 months made 91k. What you doing 40 hours? I can do in one day with digital real estate that I own. All I need is Wi-Fi and my phone. Get into it, pursue it. I show you how to do it. You got a gift inside you, but you never knew it. Let me put you in the game. I've been a coach. Everything I do is dope, man. I'm finna go live. Put my nine to five. Finna go home, boys. Finna be a vibe. Finna be a vibe, vibe. They say take a leave, so I went to the dive. I'm finna go live. Put my nine to five. Finna go home, boys. Finna be a vibe. Finna be a vibe, vibe. They say take a leave, so I went to the dive. Went to the Brother B and X and Young Time to Die. Brother B and X and Young Time to Die. Assalamu alaikum, family. Welcome back to your power call. If this is your first time, welcome to your power call. If you're a returning guest, a returning member, a returning family member, I should say, welcome back to your final, uh, to your, uh, your power call. It is the final call, but yes, the power call. Welcome back. Um, we got another treat in store for us today. Um, I pray we have invited somebody. We're doing some fishing. If it's your first time, definitely drop a one in the chat. If you, if your first time coming to the power call, if so, we appreciate you. Uh, we definitely want to know your feedback and, and hear what you think of the power call. If this is your first time on the zoom with us. Um, and if it's not, this, this may be your thousandth time coming on the power call. Still share your feedback. We all can learn from, from each other. Shout out to brother Rudy, his second time on. But without further ado, let me open it up. In the most holy name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, who came in the person of Master Fahd Muhammad. And I bear witness and thank Allah for seeking and finding one and raising one to be his exalted Christ, his Messiah, his messenger, uh, and the eternal leader of the nation of Islam, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I can't thank them both enough for raising and leaving one amongst us, uh, not as a, to be a comfortless, to, not to be comfortless, but to be having, to have a comfort, excuse me, to be their Messiah, to be the father over the house to sit in the seat of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I'm speaking of none other than the honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan. And it's in their three names. I would like to greet you all in our ancient original tongue of Arabic with the greeting words of peace of Assalamu Alaikum. So today, um, and of course, let me know if you can see me if you can uh, hear me okay, I want to make sure that everything is coming through clear. But again, as I stated earlier, we have a exciting treat for us today. We're going to be listening to Brother Minister Abdul Allah Muhammad again. We listened to him, I believe, a week or so ago, the powerful message in reference to the Holy Quran. Today, we're going to listen to a lecture entitled, After Difficulty, Overcome Ease. Uh, we've listened to the lecture from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan after difficulty comes ease, but we have to understand as well that ease comes with a trial as well. So it's not that after we overcome the difficulty or we out the water, we got to also overcome the, the trial of ease when that comes as well. So without further ado, I'm going to bring the lecture up. 
be sure to take notes because at the end, we will give our feedback, our takeaways that we've learned. And as we know, our takeaways, our testimonials and our feedback are appreciated, are um, inspiring for others who are listening in. And if you don't feel comfortable coming on camera or not able to come on camera or on the mic to do feedback, please utilize the Power Call testimonial section to be able to write your feedback and your takeaways from today's lecture so that those who may have missed the Power Call or have to work or whatever their, their uh, situation may be, they can go back and see what it is that we discuss, even though the replay will be available as well. But just being able to hear what you learn will always help somebody else. Each one teach one. We all can reach one. So without further ado, I'm not going to hold it up any further. Let me share my screen and let's listen in. Welcome to the Final Call Radio Ministry, the weekly radio broadcast of Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam's Islam. Greetings to you all, both here at the Final Call Administration Building at 734 West 79th Street and in our live radio listening audience on radio station WBEE 1570 AM. Also to the Muslim community, I'd like to extend to you the greetings of Ramadan Mubarak during this month of Ramadan. Once again, we invite each and every one of you to join us here at the Final Call Administration Building. Even though the day may seem a little gray outside, we assure you that the shining faces of the Muslims here at the Final Call Administration Building and our wonderful guests will light up your day. And the light of truth that you are about to hear today from the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad will brighten your life with a special message sent directly to you from God himself. So call your friends and your loved ones and tell them that all is not lost, that there is a solution to their problem, that as bleak as it may seem in America today and around the world for the black man and woman, that a mighty God has delivered an answer to their problems, to all of the problems that threaten our community with death, with extinction. And you will hear this powerful message today emanating from right here at the Final Call Administration Building on Chicago's South Side. Today, from one of the ministers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, under the guidance of Minister Louis Farrakhan, you will receive guidance. You will receive a guidance that you cannot find anywhere else in the world today. All the capitals of the world are trying to figure out the solution to the problems in the world today. But time and time again, it always comes back to the black man and woman of America. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad warned that there would be no solution to the problems in the world today until the problem of the black man and woman of America is solved. And we hear a voice ringing out in America, a voice of freedom, justice, and equality, a voice that fears no one and that will stand against armies to deliver this truth to you. And this voice is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So we welcome you once again to a radio broadcast that is brought to you by Minister Farrakhan. But before I bring before you Sister Ava Muhammad, who will introduce a very special guest to you today, I would like to once again urge you to support your own salvation. Black people seem to have a problem in supporting their own. We won't buy from black people. We won't support anything that will help us. But I'm asking you and appealing to you today to support this radio broadcast that is bringing you your salvation. You will not hear the truth that you hear across this radio station anywhere else. Turn the dial if you will, but anywhere you turn to, you will not hear this message. So I urge you, send your donations to 734 West 79th Street to the Final Call Radio Ministry to support your own salvation. We see a gap in black leadership today. We don't see any new solutions being offered to our problems, but we do hear one voice that has a solution, and that solution is support your own. 
So we call on you here in Chicago to support this radio station, this radio broadcast over this radio station, and to support Minister Louis Farrakhan and his life-giving work in the black community. If you have not heard of Clean and Fresh Products, we urge you to call right now, 994-5775, and find out more about these products. Find out about shampoo that is made for you by black people with the best ingredients in the world for you. Shampoo and conditioner, hair pomade and conditioner, hand lotion, hand soap, bath soap, deodorant. Why don't you know about these products, black man and woman? They are made for you by a man who loves you, Minister Louis Farrakhan, and these products are guaranteed to keep you clean and fresh. So if you would like more information about these products, please call 994-5775. Become a part of the solution in the black community. We know that we are plagued by minds that are filthy, by bodies that are filthy, because we have been raised by a slave master who is filthy. So now you have an opportunity to become clean and fresh with products that will help you become a free black man and woman. So we call upon you. If you do not want to separate into a state that is your own today, at least separate onto some soap that is your own, produced by your own. At least accept shampoo that is made by your own for your own. We call upon you, support these products clean and fresh. We also want to make you aware that there is a product that is made available in the black community today that is healthy. The white scientists are saying that the best food for you to eat is fish because of the oil. You know that in the black community, black people drop off like flies from heart condition. The best food for a heart condition is fish. And yet we see in Minister Louis Farrakhan forward, forward thinking and forward seeing leadership who many years ago, two, three, four years ago, brought into the black community one of the cleanest fish that is available anywhere in the world. It's called Blue Seas Whiting, and you can get it by calling 994-5775. Leave that nasty hog alone. Leave those greasy, nasty ribs alone. They will take away your life. Eat something that is good for you, brought to you by a man who loves you, Minister Louis Farrakhan, under the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Finally, we invite you to subscribe to a newspaper that brings truth to you. They say in the white world that brainwashing is no good. That's because they don't want you to clean off your brain that which they have put on it. Our brains carry a stain today. It is the stain of a lie that was put upon us. This lie permeates the news media. It permeates television. It permeates the videos that you spend so much time watching and spend so much money buying. What you need to do is to wash your brain. So wash it with divine truth brought to you in the Final Call newspaper. If you would like to buy a subscription to the Final Call newspaper, call 994-5775. Once again, 994-5775 for information about any of the products of your nation, the Nation of Islam. At this time, I would like to bring to you a sister who constantly delivers powerful messages to us today, and she will be introducing to you a brother who will continue in that same line of delivering powerful messages of truth that will rock your brain, rock your existence, and bring some light into your life. So before I introduce Sister Ava to bring forward our speaker, I call upon you, call your brother, your sister, tell them, drop that cocaine, let the reefer alone, even put the wine bottle down, and tune in to WBEE 1570 AM. There is hope, black man and woman. There is light that can come into your life if you would but open your eyes, open your mind, open your ears, and listen to a message brought directly to you from God himself. At this point, I'd like to bring forward Sister Ava Muhammad, who will introduce to you our special guest speaker. Once again, for information, call 994-5775, and please let us receive Sister Ava Muhammad with a round of applause.
In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. I greet my beloved brothers and sisters, both here in the Final Call building and in the listening audience, with the greeting words of peace in the language of our fathers of Isalaamu Alaikum. Brothers and sisters, I bring you greetings from Brother Minister Louis Farrakhan, who is on the West Coast today, continuing in his effort to carry on the mission of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and he sends you his love and greetings. We urge you in the listening audience to join us in the self-improvement course, which takes place 7.30 p.m. on Friday nights, a guide to self-improvement to better our own condition. Brothers and sisters, we are very pleased today to have with us a special guest lecturer, but though he is a guest, he is also our brother and our friend. This minister is a man who was not only a powerful spokesman for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, but a man who had the vision and maintains the vision today to see that the way to work the mission of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is through aiding Brother Minister Farrakhan. The brother that I'm bringing before you has helped us in the mosque in Los Angeles, in Atlanta, and in New York City. He brings with him not only years of study and intense research to gather information that will help aid us a misled people to guide us on a right path by stimulating our minds to search for the truth. Not only is he a student, but he is a powerful brother who does not fear rejection or lack of popularity by this system, but has consistently stood, wrong for, stood strong for this truth from the time of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad right up to today. So let us not delay bringing him on. I have never heard this brother lecture from this rostrum when I did not gain something from it. Please welcome from New York City, Mosque number seven, our beloved brother, Abdul Allah Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the most merciful, I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his apostle. It's a great pleasure and an honor always to be here at headquarters mosque number two in Chicago. And I want to thank you for inviting me and thank you for welcoming me in the absence of our leader, Minister Louis Farrakhan, a man who I am proud to represent, as I said uh, some time back in New Orleans. You know, I always knew that it was a blessing to have lived in this short span of time to be able to represent a great man like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. But never in my wildest dreams did I believe that anyone could be so blessed as to represent two great men like that in one lifetime. Now, I hope you, uh, you know, don't get impatient with me because I'm one of those folks who deeply loves Minister Farrakhan. <laughs> and uh, because I loved his teacher and my teacher. Can you love the daddy and hate the son or not love the son? And I, there are many of us I know who are running around out in the streets who swear we are followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and are not with Minister Farrakhan. That's impossible and we're going to get to that today. 
I mean, I know some of you mean well, but meaning well and doing well is two different things. Now, I'm, as I say, I'm, I'm kind of maybe a fanatic on this subject. In fact, Brother Khalid Muhammad and Brother Sali Muhammad from Atlanta were traveling a few days ago, and they ran into the captain who was my trainer as I came through the FOI. It was many, many years ago, 58 to be exact, when he came to Los Angeles. And when my name came up, the brother said, oh, yes, I remember him. He's a fanatic. And Brother Collett said, is there anything else to be? And that's true because Brother Collett understands the depth of that word. You see, you and I, if you read 1984 by George Orwell, you know that he said that one of the ways that you could capture people's minds and destroy their minds and totally control them, words are symbols of ideas. And when you look at a word in its original state, you can look at the roots and the prefix and the suffixes, and you can tell, having never seen the word before, what the word means because it's connected to the symbol, the, the, the idea that it's a symbol of. But George Orwell pointed out in his book, if you can begin to distort the word, chop it up so that it bears no resemblance to its true meaning, then you can tell the people it means anything and they, they got to go for it. All right? Now, there are many of you here who may be Cub fans. You may be Bear fans. No, I'm a Bull fan. Is it? But what is fan? Fan is an Orwellian contraction of the word fanatic. So now if I can be a fanatic for Michael Jordan, I sure can be a fanatic for Minister Louis Farrakhan. So I want to deal a little bit today with the very program that Sister Ava alluded to. Very able sister. I'm very, very proud to be on the team with her and our illustrious editor, Brother Wali. Better every issue. <laughs> Brother is dynamite. But the course that Minister Farrakhan has us embarked on now that Sister Ava alluded to seems strange to most of us, seems radically different, and even confuses the minds of some who didn't quite understand what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was doing because most of us were never taught directly by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And most of us got our teaching from somebody who got it from somebody who got it from somebody who said they got it from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. As a consequence, there's much misunderstanding about what he was actually saying and what he was actually trying to get us to do. The man today who best understands what he was trying to do is Minister Louis Farrakhan. I'm totally convinced of that. I have no doubt in my mind. And every time he makes another move, I see more clearly that nobody understands the program of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad like he does. There's all sorts of consternation about what we're doing. You see them Farrakhanites. Like I tell you, you know, I've never been, I, I, I don't really, you know, most Muslims object to the name Mohammedan. And for years I did too. Just get mad if somebody called Muslim a Mohammedan. Until I learned 
who Master Farad Muhammad was and learn who the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was. And I was proud to be called a Muhammadan. Well, I know when Minister Farrakhan first stood up and began to get the nation back together, I was around a group of people who had been around the nation for a long time who were jealous and envious of him and used to refer to those who followed him as Farrakhanites. Well, I'm proud to say I today am a Farrakhanite. <laughs> but let's look at his methodology. Some of it gets criticized unmercifully. I mean, you get it from both ends. You know when you, you know what I'm saying, between a rock and a hard place? You're on the one hand, you've got the so-called orthodox Muslims who are hollering, you don't have the right tawheed and your deen is not correct and blah, blah, blah. Then on the other hand, you got those Elijah Muhammadologists who are supposed to be such experts on his teaching who are saying that Minister Farrakhan's getting off the track. Now see, the messenger didn't, they didn't take Ramadan in the summertime. We took Ramadan only in December. <laughs> well, when you don't know, you don't know. Well, see, a fire kind is going into teaching you to do introspection and look at yourself. What about the white man being the devil? What about the system? What about separation? What about this? What about that? What about it? How are you going to do it? How are you going to do anything if you don't know yourself? I was listening to the radio a couple of weeks ago and they had some Indians on there from the tribes in New York, and they were describing how the white man had destroyed the Indian nation in the state of New York. It said that white man came in and it was one nation, a lot of tribes, but it was the Indian nation. The white man started talking to him saying, Iroquois, I mean, you're as great as the Seneca. You should be a nation. Iroquois said, yeah, well, we're the Iroquois nation. Seneca listened to the fork-tongued white man and said, yeah, well, we're the Seneca nation. So after a while, instead of having one nation with a group of interacting tribes, you had a group of nations. So then each nation had a common plot of land. First thing that the white folks told them, they said, was they need to quit hunting. So that's where the Indians lived. They hunted. Well, see, when you're hunting every day for your food, you get pretty good with the bow and the arrow. So the white man wanted him to stop hunting and go to farming. <laughs> so they talked to the Indians, and the Indians agreed, said, hey, that's pretty good. Hey, we do need to raise a few crops. They got their women together and said, y'all raise the crops. They went on hunting. white man said, that didn't work out too good. He said, let's see what else we can do. Then they said to the as each tribe had its own, each nation now had its own little plural. They went to each family and said, you know, that other family over there might be getting more corn than you. They might be out there get digging potatoes when you sleep. What you need to do is take that land right around your house and that's your land. So each family then divided up and each had their own little plot of land. But he still had to try to get this man out of the forest. So an old, wise, Georgia Baptist missionary came up to New York. He said, oh, I know how to handle this. Get them to plant in cotton, flax. Pay them $2 an acre for all the cotton and the flax that they do. So they did that. 
said, give them spinning wheels. Give all of the squalls spinning wheels. Free. They gave them the spinning wheels. He said, now what you do is you pay them for every yard of material that they make out of that cotton. Not for us. Don't buy it from them. Let them keep it. He said, now, once they start doing that, you see, up until that time, the way that the family was clothed was when the man went out and hunted, he not only got food, he got the skins for their clothes. But he said, once you get that woman to make it her clothes, she becomes independent of her man and you'll divide the family. I mean, when you look at how they, they started with the total nation. They broke it down into the tribes. Then they divided up the families. Then they destroyed the individuals. But once that woman lost respect for her man, she was no longer a woman. And once the man didn't have a woman, he couldn't be a man. So she told him, look, when she got independent, look, you out there riding them horses, playing with them bow and arrows, you get in here and do some of this plowing. See, and I recognized that pattern when I heard it. We don't have to go through a whole litany on black history. You know black history. And if you check it, it's the same pattern. Yes. See, there's one thing about white folks. They, they, they're a programmed people. That's why they could invent a thing called a computer because it's in tune with their nature. Guy go garbage in, garbage out. Once you program it, you can't get off the program. See. That's why they can go with this little giant rock stuff and take it away from us and put a little rich in them out of it. They can go with that. White folks, if you notice, what black musicians can't make money? Jazz. You know why? Because you can't program it. You got to be creative and be able to improvise and white folks can't do it. <laughs> so, the program never changes with white folks. Once you learn the pattern, you know what's coming next. You look and see where you are in the design, you know what, what they're getting ready to do next. All right. Now let's look at this. Since we went through the same process of destruction that those New York Indians did at the hands of the same man, what's the best way to get back to our real selves? If somebody goes to New York and kidnaps you and brings you to Chicago. If you want to go back to New York, the last state you came through was Indiana. What's the first state you will have to go through to get back? Is that right? I mean, what if you just have to reverse the process? Well, that's the same way. If the man started with a nation and got all the way down till he destroyed the individual, then to rebuild the nation, you got to start by building the individual. Is he in step with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad? Yes, we just didn't listen to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. You know, we, we read all this propaganda and see all this propaganda about how many followers the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had. He didn't have no bunch of followers. He had a bunch of lip-professing niggas. I know because I was one. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to confess for you, but I'll confess for me. How do I know? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us for 44 years, the key to our rise is a thorough knowledge of self 
God, and the devil in that order. Yes. We skip self, we skip God, and when you walk in a mosque, all you heard was devil, devil, devil. We missed the whole program fighting the devil. How are you going to skip two steps? You'll slip on the third one and break your neck, which is what we did. Wasn't Allah's mosque. It was Satan's mosque. Was that who you heard about? You ever notice a wise politician never calls his opponent's name? No, a good politician ain't going to give his opponent all that free publicity. Hey, we built the devil up. We say all praise due to Allah every now and then, but we was devil, 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 Satan, Shaitan, Lucifer. I mean, we was in it. All, that's all you heard was devil, devil, devil. Say, when you said Muslim, all them people that teach the white man is the devil. <laughs> but don't know. Mr. Farrakhan is saying we didn't do it then, we got to do it now. Right. Start with self. That's what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. Anybody doing it any other way is not doing his program. You have to learn self to even know how to relate to God or the devil. If you don't know you, you don't know how to relate with anything around you. If you take a lamb who doesn't know he's a lamb, and he's talking to a wolf, and the wolf say, let's go eat some lamb chops, he'll be fine. <laughs> No, we, we, we've got to deal with self. And the natural extension from self is kind. That's what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. Now, as Minister Farrakhan points out, Islam is inclusive. It's not exclusive. Divine nature is in, divine will is imprinted on human nature. You know that? There's a divine imprint on all our natures. Every human being on earth. Therefore, Islam is there for anyone who will submit to Allah and accept it. But I am not, I can't at this point because I'm not at that stage. I haven't reached the stage with self and kind to do any outreach. Let me tell you what I'm, what I'm saying. And don't go say, oh, see that, you know, Mr. Farrakhan is saying that we got to link arms with everybody around the earth and you saying something different. Wait a minute. I, he's absolutely right. We have got to do that. Somebody's got to do it. If you went down to Marshall Field, Carson Peary Scott, you came into the luggage department, I'm selling luggage. And you tell me you want to buy some lingerie, sister. What could I do? Send you to the person selling lingerie. That ain't my department. Okay? Don't say, well, you're supposed to be working for Marshall Fields, ain't you? Marshall Fields sell lingerie, don't they? Well, by logic, if you're working for Fields, Fields sell lingerie, I want to buy lingerie, you're supposed to sell me some lingerie. Logical, but not valid. Well, I go tell Mr. Shriver, you ain't with his program. No, I'm with his program. You're just in the wrong department. So, I love all of my Arab brothers and sisters, African brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters in the Caribbean and all that. It just happens that my department that I work in is the so-called Negro department. 
Elle m'a mis And we got people that work in them all. <laughs> But my department is the one where the folks are who descended from the folks who were slaves for 310 years and then spent another 122 years or so, you know, in servitude, not in servitude, but in hidden slavery. That's my department, okay? Now, as I just pointed out, we had a problem. The whole nation fell because we failed a test. We didn't understand the information that was being taught us, and when we got tested on it, we flunked. Now, Minister Farrakhan has said this over and over ever since he stood up. You got to take the test again. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Well, what, what are we going to be tested on? Same thing we were tested on last time. Can't flunk algebra and go say, well, I want to take physical education because you know that's a sop. No, you got to pass the same thing you just flunked. But the difference, he said, is Minister Farrakhan says this time he is giving us the answers. And some of us may say, ha, ah, that's better. <laughs> Now I know I can make it. Be too sure. Those of you who have college background, you are familiar with what is known as the open book exam. The first time you heard about that thing, you say, hey, just like you heard about the minister giving us the answer. Open book exam, what's that? Well, that's where you can take the textbook in the class with you. They give you the test and you can do it. Hey, I like this. That was the first one. But you get somebody that's been around that campus for a while and has taken a few, when you say, we have an open book exam, oh my God. Because they know what that means. Because when you take a standardized exam, it's mostly memory. You memorize a few things and you get in there and you fill in the blanks or do the multiple choice or whatever you're going to do. But when you take an open book exam, it means that the exact words to the answer are not in the book. You got to understand the depth of the concepts that you're supposed to have. That means you got to really understand your subject matter. You can't shuck and you can't carry no ponies. So this is what we've got coming. Or we're already in it. An open book exam. He said, well, Mr. Farquhar is giving us the answers. I, what answers is he giving us? He's giving us actually the answer, singular. He's giving us what we need to pass the exam. By this course that he's got us undertaking, we can develop what's necessary. We're talking about the knowledge, the facts, the data. No, it's not that kind of an exam. It's not going to test how smart you are. Not going to test how good a memory you got, how fast you can read. No, no. That's not going to help. All the intellect, acumen, sagacity, perspicacity, and all them other big words, including elephant, will not help you through this one. <laughs> it's not a test of the head, it's a test of the heart. That's why we flunked, because we thought if I can recite all my lessons backwards and forwards, Start learning them in Arabic. I can make it. But it wasn't in your heart. <laughs> Now, Brother Minister Farrakhan is trying to get us in shape so that if he leaves for any reason, now he went away from us for a few months, 
And that's when he determined what he had to do. Because we were headed down the same trail we were headed before. And last Sunday in Los Angeles, Brother Minister Farrakhan was explaining Jesus' use of the term good shepherd. Because, you know, a shepherd keeps his sheep together because without the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. But Jesus qualified the term shepherd. He said, but there's a good shepherd. So you got a lot of folks out there who would like to shepherd this flock. But they want to shepherd this flock so that this flock gets bad to them. But Minister Farrakhan points out, the good shepherd gets the flock so that if the shepherd leaves, the flock will stay intact. Because the flock will not be dependent upon the shepherd. He's not trying to enslave us, as so many other people are. He wants us to be self-sufficient. He wants us to stand up for the first time in our life. And some of us say, I stood up with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. No, you didn't. No, I'm not calling you a liar. You thought you were. I thought I was. But you see, this is why the Holy Quran says we must believe in the unseen. Because we saw us standing, but we didn't see the prop that was holding us up. <laughs> we thought we were standing on our own. And soon as Allah snatched the prop, down we went with a crack. Humpty Dumpty had nothing on us. <laughs> All of the guidance all of the things that we need to take us from here to the hereafter are contained in this book, the Holy Quran. That confused some people. There were some people who were taught and believed. We don't need anything but the book. Grab the book, open it up and say, this is it. This is our leader. We don't need anybody else. Well. It can come to that. It should come to that. This book is definitely a guide. It opens up telling you it's a guide. So if it's a guide, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, since a fisherman is not a fisherman until he fishes, a guide is not a guide till he guides. So now, <laughs> but now, we thought we could follow this book. And you look at all of those of us who tried to take this book and follow this book, where are they now? There's nothing against the book. The book got everything in it we need. But that's not sufficient for us at the stage that we're at. Just give me the book, I can handle it. Tell you what you do. If you have acute appendicitis, anytime in the future, I'll give you my phone number. If you have acute appendicitis and that bad boy is about to rupture, I have a book on my shelf that tells you everything you need to know about performing an appendectomy. I'll give you the book. Yes. And then we'll send the coroner to go pick up that food with a book in his hand and a knife in his side. <laughs> no. 
if you want that appendix taken care of, the same knowledge that's in the book is necessary, but you got to get somebody who is trained and skilled in how to apply the knowledge that's in the book to get your appendix out. Look how, look, we got all the prophets book. Well, not all of them, but we got enough of them. And we got Moses, we got Ezekiel, we got Isaiah, we got Jeremiah. I mean, we got a bunch of folks book. What shape are we in? I mean, with all of that, what kind of shape are we in today with all those prophets' books? This book, Muslims got this all over the world. They're all in bad shape. There's not a Muslim nation that's at peace right now except those that are sucking up to the Jews and the Christian nation. So now, what happened? Why are the people who are practicing what Jesus and Muhammad and all those folks taught? What happened to them? You got all their books. Well, that's just like that appendectomy. You gonna tell me the operation was successful, but the patient died? <laughs> Look at the way that the Muslims study Islam. You'll find that most of the foreign Muslims refer more to the Hadith, the Sunnah of Prophet Muhammad than they do to the Quran. Why? Because when they read the book, they tell you they're scholars, but they can't get no sense out of it. So they study the life of Muhammad to try to find out how you're supposed to apply this stuff, man. That's what they're doing. They study how he did it to figure out how they, they can't just read the book and do it. They got sense enough to know that. But they have to study his life to see what he did. Yeah, they know what the words say, but it doesn't mean anything. They have to watch a man to find out how to make those words apply. Praise is due to Allah. The actions of the man are so important. So brothers and sisters, have you ever noticed? We don't even have a book by Jesus. Did you notice that? Notice that. You study Jesus' life, don't you? You study what Jesus did, how he applied that which he was given by the Father. But there is no book of Jesus in anybody's Bible. You got Matthew, Mark, you got Luke, you got John, and you got Paul, Peter. But you do not have a book by Jesus. Think about this. It's so important to know how to apply the teaching, they didn't even give you the teaching. They just showed you the man applying it and say you can get there better by studying him than you can by studying what he taught. This book is definitely a guide. But this book qualifies. In the opening of the book, Allah himself says, this book, there is no doubt in it is a guide, but a guide to whom? It doesn't say a guide to everybody in the world. It says that it is a guide to those who are from among the 
mutahin. That's the Arabic word that's in there, and you find different translators translated differently. Maulana Muhammad Ali says, those who keep their duty. Yusuf Ali says it's a guide to those who fear God. The root of the word is itaka, which means to guard against evil. Now, what is the difference? Or is there a difference? And why can one word be translated so many different ways by the different translators? You know, when the Bedouins, the uh, desert dwellers as they were called, came to Muhammad one time, 1400 years ago, and told him that they believed. He was so overjoyed until Allah revealed to him to tell the go back to them and tell them, don't say you believe, say you submit. He says, don't say amana, I believe, say aslama, I submit. When you submit, this book didn't say, this book there's no doubt in it is a guide to those who are from among the Muslims. Didn't say that. The word Islam means to submit entirely to the will of God for whatever reason. Muslim is one who does that. Iman is belief or faith in God. One who does that is called Mumin, the believer. This book does not say it is a guide to those who are from among the Mumin. It says that it is a guide to those who are from among the Mutakin. And none of the translators were wrong. That one word, you could write a whole paragraph on the meaning of it. And there are so many other words that come out of it. Taqwa, fear of God. But none of the three definitions I just mentioned to you are wrong because those who fear God guard against evil by doing their duty. <laughs> Praise is due to Allah. The first stage of belief is to become a Muslim. You submit. You submit and say, yes, I believe Allah is God. You declare. You say, I want to serve Allah. You're still doing a little wrong. You may not be doing something unlawful, but you're doing something not good for yourself. You don't, you don't just come in today and then tomorrow you're perfect. It don't happen like that. So you got some things to go through. Yes, sir. Say, ah, that's far kind of right, boy. After this pack, I'm giving them up. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we all went through that. But now, that's the first stage. You want to leave off evil. You want to do right. That's the first stage. When it enters into your heart that you want to do right. Then you're a Muslim. You're striving to leave off your evil head. Then when you become Mu'min, you're a believer. You have left off all of your evil habits that you can identify. You have not yet reached the pinnacle. Because though you don't do it, still got a little pull on you. Oh yeah, still got a little pull on you. You done gave it up. But every time you pass by one of them billboards and say, uh, I assume you drink Martell, you say, oh, I almost had a wreck. <laughs> you don't do it, but you ain't out of the woods yet. 
book won't guide you. This book will not guide you when you submit, want to do right, but haven't found a way to do it yet. This book will not guide you. When you get to the point where you believe so strongly that you have left off all evil, but you still have that strong attraction pulling at you, this book will not guide you. But when you reach the stage where you have left off evil, have no more desire for evil, now you don't have to operate and practice your religion in a negative sense of what I don't do, I don't do this and I don't do that. But you spend all your waking hours looking for good to do, then you are from among the mutakin. And ain't none of us reached that stage yet. That's the stage that Minister Farrakhan is trying to get us to. He's developing us by stage and he's patient. He's patient because he knows it's not going to happen in a day or two. So he's working with us, working with us to develop our will, to develop in us the ability to guarantee our success by taking conscious and deliberate action in the name of Allah and knowing that it's going to work out right. Not hoping, not thinking, because see, some of us mess up get all confused in that. We say inshallah and try to lean on him. No, we say inshallah because we know ain't nothing going to happen unless he lets it happen. But we put our will to work and say, I'm going to say be and it is inshallah. All praises to Allah. Is he in step with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad on that? Yes. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, don't will and then be suspicious that your will will not come to pass. See, this is why a lot of us say, well, you know, I, I try to be that, and you know, I was, I put my will out on something, and it didn't work. Because you put it out thinking it might not work. Yeah, you, you know, like putting your toe in the water to see how hot it is, I'll throw it. No, die. <laughs> The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says that when you doubt that your will will come to pass, you have said a prayer to Allah and you put your will out there. He said, if you have the least bit of doubt that it's going to happen, you have doubt in yourself, you doubt your prayer, and you doubt the God that you prayed to, you're a hypocrite. Minister Farrakhan said it another way. He said, doubt is the mother of hypocrisy. That's right. How can you doubt unless you disbelieve in God? You go into a battle. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad used to tell us, if they come at you with a tank, and you know we don't carry weapons, we got nothing but our bare hands and Allah. He said, if they come at you in a tank, in tanks, he said, if you say Allah walk by and charge the tank, you might survive. If you turn heels and run, you got to die. That's right. See? Doubt is the mother of hypocrisy, and doubt and fear are Siamese twins. Right? You don't have any doubt in the God. Therefore, as the Holy Quran tells you, when you are those who do good, who believe and do good, you have no fear, nor shall you grieve. 
Don't have to be afraid and you ain't gonna have to grieve over nobody after this over because you stood tall. Let me just show you about that. Fear. Fear is real, brothers and sisters. It's real. It's not material, it's not matter. Because you know matter, and those of you who are these expert physicists, correct me if I'm wrong, but matter has to have weight and occupy space, right? Okay, you can't put fear on a scale and make it make the needle waver. Doesn't have any weight, but it occupies space. Fear occupies space. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says that fear is parasitic. It must have a host to thrive on. So he said, that is why when you are in a battle or about to go into a battle and you're afraid, which is natural, you're gonna go in it afraid. You were born afraid. And then you were, the fear was nursed in you. So you got the fear, don't say you wasn't. When you see a hero, that's not somebody who wasn't afraid. And you see somebody that's a fool, that's somebody who wasn't afraid. But when you see a hero, <laughs> the reason he's a hero, the reason they paying metal on because they know he overcame fear. That's what makes you a hero, not being a fool now, I ain't scared of nothing. <laughs> but the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, when you get that fear out of you, by it having to occupy space and by it being parasitic and must have a host, when the fear comes out of you, it goes into your enemy. That's why when you don't have fear, you see your enemy turn tail. We had a, an experience years ago when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was dedicating the mosque in, Boston, in Baltimore, Maryland. And the police came out with their dogs. And the FOI was lined up at attention. And the police came up with their dogs and had them behind us with their noses just about touching the legs of some of the brothers. And Elijah Muhammad Jr., who was the assistant supreme captain at that time, said, about face. And we made an about face. And all of these well-trained attack dogs started shivering and getting behind their masks. Cowardice is dangerous. Right. Cowardice will get you and everybody else killed. I'm still on doubt, because that's where your cowardice comes from. You can't, you can't be a coward unless you doubt Allah. <laughs> cowardice is the mark of Cain. Did you know that? You know, all of us are so familiar with the story of Cain and Abel, and if you ask the average person, what was Cain's great wrong that displeased God. 99 out of 100 will say he murdered his brother. But wait a minute. God was already displeased with Cain. That's how the murder came about, remember? Abel offered a sacrifice, and God accepted the sacrifice, and Cain offered a sacrifice, and God didn't accept his sacrifice. What's wrong? Does it tell you that Cain had done anything to anger God? Cain hadn't done anything. But God saw something in Cain's heart that he had to bring out. Cain was playing goody-goody two-shoes. See, Abel took an animal, killed the animal, and sacrificed it to God. But Cain went out and got some grain or something 
and threw it up on the altar. Can you see the difference? As if to say, see, my brother is, he's brutal, he's cruel. Sheds blood of an innocent beast who never did anything to anybody. But I am going to give you something that doesn't cost any blood, that doesn't. So what did God do? He proved that he would not shed blood for the glory of God, but he shed his own brother's blood for his envy. <laughs> oh, praise you, dude, Allah. That's not the... That's not my subject today, but it's part of it. Yes, sir. Fear, cowardice, is a dark corner of our nature that must be overcome. We've got to overcome it. Now, the last time I was in Chicago, Minister Farrakhan was teaching on the unreality of darkness. The fact that darkness in and of itself is not an entity. Darkness is nothing but a condition that comes about when something blocks the light. So now, if you know that, you won't waste your time trying to fight darkness. That's why they got that saying, it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. You can't deal with the darkness. The darkness doesn't exist. You can't do nothing with that. If the darkness is hampering your sight or your vision, then you got to go deal with the reality that's creating the darkness. Right. Right. Now, one of the things that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us was that fear was bred into us by feeding us the wrong foods. Yeah, fear. But a material thing helped to produce that fear. So if we want to clean out these dark corners, then we're going to have to deal with some physical things. Why the Holy Quran says fasting is prescribed for you. Prescribed. You know what prescribed is, don't you? That's what you go and get from somebody when you're sick and you take that prescription and it's supposed to get rid of your sickness. So what is wrong with us? The Holy Quran says fasting will heal it. <laughs> In volume one of How to Eat to Live by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad on page 19, he says, and I quote, fasting is a greater cure of our ills, both mental and physical, than all of the drugs of the earth combined into what? Mental as well as physical. Why? Because the mental illness, that darkness in your mind, is the result of physical things. To develop our will, Brother Minister Farrakhan has us practicing better dietary habits. That some of us don't eat over a dozen times a month right now. And some say they're going to do less than that. Why? To build up that will. Well, what do you mean? How do you build? Look, do you know that the most powerful drive in nature is survival? The most powerful drive. But they say the first law of nature, self-preservation. It has two prongs. The first is to remain here, and the second is to perpetuate yourself. That's why your appetite for food and your sex drive are the two strongest urges that you have. Now, you conquer those. Don't tell me you can't make rain, hail, snow, and earthquake. <laughs> we 
can overcome any difficulty because ain't nothing more difficult than that. Don't you know you drive down the street and all these greasy spoons got odors wafting out the window? That's right. Look at me, I ain't had a bite to eat since Tuesday. I just came in on the plane, they serving all kind of stuff. Hey, you know I feel good? If I can fight that, show, show me something. What's that Cyrano no Virgin Rock say? I'm too good for men, bring me giants. <laughs> this enables us then to face difficulty and go through it. Yes, it's self-imposed, but it's difficult. Don't let nobody tell you, oh yeah, I fasted four or five days, wasn't nothing to it. Take him to the funny farm. <laughs> Zach, if you don't want food, <laughs> you are not playing with a full deck at all. <laughs> We've had difficulty all our lives and we're gonna keep on having it. Well then, what do you do? If you see that it's impossible to avoid it, you try to figure out a way to deal with it, don't you? You are not going to avoid difficulty. You're not going to avoid hardship. Well, if you can't avoid it, why keep getting your head bloody and crying and cringing? Get in shape so you can handle it. Right. Yes, right. sir. <laughs> See, but wait a minute. The Holy Quran says in the second surah, 185th verse, that Allah desires ease for us and not hardship. Well, that's true. But in the 90th surah, in the fourth verse, he says man was created to face difficulty. But that's the key. He said he was created to face difficulty, not to be conquered by difficulty, not to lie down and try to compromise with difficulty, but to face difficulty straight up and overcome it. You find a pattern in the Bible and the Quran. You find all of the men of God. You find a pattern of difficulty. But what else do you find a pattern of? Overcoming the difficulty. That's the pattern that God is trying to show us. There's always the difficulty, but by strong belief in him and adhering to his will, you overcome the difficulty. And it says a little further in the Quran, after difficulty comes ease. Now, you and I have, most of us who have read that and who've been taught that, what we think of is that we go through all of this difficulty and finally when we get through this difficulty, we get to the ease and we can just relax. And I'm sorry that the folks on the radio are gonna miss it, but this is my subject coming up. And instead of after difficulty comes ease, my, the title of my subject today is, after difficulty, overcome ease. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Those of you who are listening to the broadcast, as I say, if you wanna get the rest of it, you have to hurry over, don't get no tickets or either come and pick up the tape, but we want to get into the crux of it and then we'll be through, just a few minutes. Yes, sir. We go through all of this difficulty, for what? After difficulty comes ease. Well now, if you see a man doing road work, doing push-ups, jumping rope, and sparring, you say, oh, after the training comes the fight, right? Is he gonna have an easier time in the ring than he had on the road? No, sir. No. The reason he got to go through all of that is to get ready for the fight. Well, if after, after difficulty comes ease, 
We got to get through all this going through difficulty so we can try to handle that ease. Because the ease is a monster, brothers and sisters. That's right. No nation, no nation has ever been destroyed by difficulty. Every nation has fallen during a period of ease. Check it for yourself. Look at the Roman Empire. When they were out there scuffling and everybody is at their gates, they fought off the world. Then when they got rich and fat and happy, yes, sir. they crumbled, didn't they? That's right. That's right. Greece did the same thing before them. Persia did the same thing. Look at the history of the United States. When they were at Valley Ford wrapping burlap sacks around there, they, they were mean, weren't they? That's right. Yes, sir. And look at the society during that time. Look at the society back in the 1700s and the 1800s, even in the 1900s. Look at the morals of the people. You never saw. As they say, you've come a long way, baby. Yeah, but they don't tell you in which direction. You didn't see no women smoking. That's right. Even when they started smoking, they wouldn't hear. You didn't see them like you see them now, walking down the street, nigga lipping, I mean, with a cigarette in their mouth. That's right. You look at all them old movies. Look at Ford. That's on TV now. Look how the women dressed back in those days when this right. was a struggling nation right. that was trying to overcome, trying to make its place in the world. All them women. You couldn't see no ankle. If the dress came up a little bit, they had on high top shoes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And look at them men. I mean, Ford was a little different. He was a little ahead of his time. But women had less time keeping men then. Oh, yes, they did. Think about your great-grandma and your great-grandpa. They died together. They used to go out in the field and work from sunup to sundown for her till the day he laid down in his grave. And she was tied up to here and buckled down to there. Did nobody know what was in grandma's sack? But grandpa did it. <laughs> The richer this nation became, the more decadent it became. That's right. That's right. The more immoral it became. Right. Used to be a time you could walk down the street, you see women coming down the street, you could tell the prostitute from the housewife, couldn't you? That's right. Today, can you tell the difference? No. And you know why? The prostitute hasn't started dressing like the housewife. The housewife is dressing like the prostitute. And then wonder why they can't get a decent man. If I want to catch a rat, I bait the cheese, the trap with cheese. If you bait the trap with meat, you get a dog. Go ahead. Go ahead. The doctor. Crack. Eve. in the old Barbie Coast days, San Francisco was rough. When Bat Masterson and them boys was out there, I mean, they, when they talk about San Francisco, they say, yeah, that's the town where the men are men and the women are glad of it. Now they say that's the town where the women are women and half the men are too. <laughs> See, every one of them was able to overcome difficulty. But they couldn't handle ease that came after the difficulty. The Holy Quran tells you. Allah talks about, I have raised up nations before you. And then when they got into positions of power, 
They had to fall. He said, now I will raise you up and put you in rulership and see how you act. Because if you don't act right, you go in the way of all flesh and I'll raise up somebody else. But it's not the difficulty. He's going to see you through the difficulty. Can you handle the ease? You know, all y'all know about a piece of the rock, Gibraltar. Well, Gibraltar is the corruption of an Arabic term, Jibal El Tariq, meaning the rock of El Tariq. El Tariq was a bad Muslim general. Or as they tell you in the history book, he was a Moor. Because they sometimes call him Black Amor because Moor means black. If your great great grandparents were owned by some white folks named Moor and you carrying the name Moor, it means black, so you're in pretty fair shape. <laughs> Moor, Morris, you know, they talk about the Moorish conquest. See? When they first started calling us black Muslims, folks thought that was a nickname they made up for us. They were giving a signal to their people who understood history that they are just like those black Muslims that landed on the shores of Spain and conquered most of Europe. The black Muslims did. There wasn't no Arabs. They didn't do that. These were black Muslims out of Africa. Now, when they hit the shore, El Tariq was the leader. When they hit the shore, they looked back at El Tariq and set all the boats on fire. He's got to say, wait, whoa. Wait a minute, baby. You're burning up the boat. Tariq says, we won't need them. We ain't going back. A Muslim knows nothing but victory or death. Yes. Right. Yes. We'll never use those boats again. We'll either take it or we die. Right. So they started. They were, and they were the scourge. I mean, they were ripping them. Nobody could stop them. They threw, Europe threw its best combined armies against those Muslims, right. those black Muslims. They could not stop them. That's right. Couldn't even slow them down, let alone stop them. That's right. A wise general named Charles Martel mm. said, you're doing it the wrong way. He said, when those Muslims come at you, you cannot defeat them because they are filled with religious zeal. And according to the dictionary, the definition of a fanatic is one filled with religious zeal. So when a man calls us fanatics, he may think it's something dirty, but his folks know what he's talking about. I'm glad to be, as I said, a fanatic. Pray Allah keep me a fanatic forever and raise my children to be fanatics. White folks don't fear no marching, demonstrating niggas. White folks either. I saw whipping a couple of them on TV this morning. No. He said, you can't do it that way. He said, as long as they have that religious zeal, they will wipe you out. He says, you've been messing up. He said, when you leave your villages, you burn your fields, scarch the earth, so they won't have nothing to eat. He said, you take all your valuables, take all your family, you just leave them nothing. And so they got nothing to do but call on their God, and they're killing us. He said, start leaving your fields intact. Leave some of your valuable gold and jewels around there. Even leave a few of your women around there. You know they left the women. All you have to do is look at those Italians and some of them Spaniards and Southern Frenchmen. You can see that they left some of them women for them black Muslims. Martel predicted correctly. In a few months, when they have become used to luxury, they will begin to quarrel over the leadership. Which is exactly what they did. 
When they begin to gather together all this stuff and begin to have food to eat and fine clothes to wear and a bunch of women around, and they start looking at each other, who, wait a minute, who told you you was the leader anyhow? That's right. I mean, they've been following him all this time. Well, now, now, wait a minute. Now, I mean, hey, man, I got as much as you. I've been fighting these battles just like you. My broadband is your broad. I mean, what, do you know? what is this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, consequently, when they got to that state, Charles Martel led an army, stopped them. That's when the great Spanish Inquisition and thing came. They were cutting Muslims' hands, feet, heads, and everything else off, and they stopped the Muslim conquest of Europe. That's right. <laughs> See? This goes way back. When you go back into the story of Adam and Eve, do you know that the serpent revealed a serious flaw in Adam's character? A serious flaw. Why did Adam and Eve so quickly get beguiled by the serpent? God realized what was wrong. He had never struggled. See, Adam came into being there's no sign of any struggle, any pain, any difficulty. When Eve was made, Adam didn't have to carry her nine months and have no labor pains and all that. So he didn't know no pain from her and he didn't know no pain from himself. She just, neither one of them knew any struggle. You think about when you were born. Now, if you've had some children, you know about the pain of childbirth. But you don't remember no pain when you were born. All right. Now, Minister Farrakhan says that we don't know how long the process took, but in the process of creating himself, Allah experienced great pain and difficulty. See? So when he made man in his own image, there was a quality he had that the man did not have because he came into existence experiencing pain and difficulty and Adam and Eve did not have that in their character. So God had to then set them on another course where they would experience pain and difficulty. He told them they would only eat by the sweat. See, they were in that garden. All they had to do was reach out when they're hungry. Mm, apple a day. Let me get some grapes. I think I have a banana. I bought a pineapple. They're fine. Throw me one. That's right. I'm in Fat City. But that made a flaw in their character. And God realized and they said, well, I got to put them in all the situations to build up their character, then they can truly be divine and truly be my complete image and likeness. So he first told them they would only eat by the sweat of their brow. Then he also said in the Holy Quran, you all shall be enemies to one another, set up opposition. Then he said that, that childbirth would be bloody and painful. All of that to make us develop that flaw, get rid of that flaw, develop the needed vacuum in our character. Mm -hmm. And that's what Brother Minister Farrakhan has us on, a road to God. This is something we've been working on ever since we've been in existence. And once we get it developed to that point, then we can get back to the ease but if we don't develop that character flaw right, we'll fall right back out again. So he's trying to get us this time where we completely obliterate that flaw. Right. And that we will go into the ease ready to tackle it too. Go ahead. Praise is due to Allah. This is why 
you and I have been reading of the prophets and they look like failures, don't they? Just judging by what our limited knowledge was, we thought all the prophets failed. Because every last one of them, they came, we read, they were teaching the absolute truth, they were teaching righteousness, they were teaching justice. You can't hardly find righteousness or justice on the earth. Right. They killed some of them, they jailed some of them, they ran some of them out, they did everything. To Looks like they failed. They didn't fail. They did what they were supposed to do. The fact that we still have their books today, they did what they were supposed to do. The man is here today to do what they were not supposed to do. To take their messages and put them into action. Holy Quran says Muhammad is not but a messenger. It makes that very plain. All of the prophets, but nothing but messengers. The postman that brings your mail, that's a messenger. He brings it and gives it to you. If you open it up and it's a bill, he don't pay the bill. That's, right. that's, right. that's up to you. All he got to do is bring the message. He ain't going to fire him at the boy. Hey, man, this guy didn't pay my charge accounts. That wasn't his job, man. I'm glad. Right. He brought you. Now, if he didn't deliver your mail and they cut off your credit card so you didn't get the bill, then you look at the messenger, the postman. Uh -huh. But if he delivered the message, then from there you got it. That's right. That's where we are today. No more prophets. Muhammad was the last. No more prophets. Now we got to enact. Right. Well, but we don't know how. That's what we got Minister Farrakhan for. Not to do it for us. That's something, a burden that we laid on the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that was so unjust. He was not but a messenger when he was teaching among us. His job was to deliver the word to us, period. His job was not to develop farmland. His job was not to set up a bank. His job was not to get an airline and get an airport. That was our job once he delivered the message to us. So as Minister Farrakhan is developing this nation, he sees us following the same old Negro pattern. Right. And yeah, go, Brother Farrakhan. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Put out another product, Brother Farrakhan. Publish another paper, Brother Farrakhan. Build a restaurant, Brother Farrakhan. Right. Now, brothers and sisters, if we repeat the same old foolishness, we're going the same old way. That's right. So this is why he's trying to teach us now. Donald Elijah Muhammad said, what? Do for self. That's right. And the first thing most of us ever heard of him teaching, do for self. Who do you think he was talking to? He said, do for self. And then we sit out and ask him to do it. He said, do for self. We sit down trying to get Minister Farrakhan to do it. Right. It's got to be brought to a screeching halt. We have got to develop where we stand up and do our job. That's right. That's right. Now, as I say, the messengers brought the message. That's fine. We can't handle it yet. Nothing wrong with that. You know, you can, all of you in here just about, you could go right off and take a correspondence course in just about anything you were interested in and develop it. But you can't take a correspondence course in kindergarten, can you? No. no, first grade, second grade. You can't take correspondence courses. No. You have to have a teacher to get you to a certain stage before you're able then to learn independently. Okay, so it's no contradiction what Minister Farrakhan is doing now. It's a matter of he is trying to get us to a point where the program changes for real 
where we begin to do what we're supposed to do. Then we can overcome difficulty. And after we overcome the difficulty, inshallah, we can overcome ease. Thank you, brothers and sisters. I don't know where they told you. I'm not long-winded. <laughs> Thank you very much. Assalamu alaikum. Beautiful lecture, beautiful lecture. Some great points. I'm sure we all have learned and gleaned something from the lecture from Brother Abdul Allah Muhammad. If you would like to share your feedback today, please drop the number one in the comments and we'll bring you up first come first serve all right let's see first up brother rudy x let me make sure you can unmute yourself give me one moment all right you should be good to go salam alaikum wa alaikum salam sir here's what stands out for me it was this statement on page 19 from God in Person, Master Farad Muhammad by Elijah Muhammad, Messenger of Allah, How to Eat to Live, Book 1. Fear. No, no, no. I think his statement was fasting. Fasting is a greater cure of our ills, both mental and physical, than all of the drugs of the earth combined into one bottle or a billion bottles. When the brother said that fear was bred into us from eating the wrong food, what came to mind was Minister Farrakhan teaching us, he was explaining how blood uh, is intoxified or, or the intoxifying effect of alcohol consumption and how that inverted fruit juice washes over the brain and instead of giving us energy, it made us drunk. And so, and, and bread is a word that means a person reared by a specific environment or way. Now, here we are on a slave ship and we're being given alcohol because that slave master understood that alcohol would neutralize the military propensity, the, the military inclination, the military behavior, the military tendency of the black man. So we, we can bear witness how food and drink neutralizes the power of God in a man. This was one of the statements that stood out for me the most. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. All praise is due to Allah. Sister Farah. Yes, sir. My apologies. Assalamu alaikum, family. Alaikum salam. Um, so, before before the lecture even started, I had a lot on my mind. Um, I'm gonna share that first. So, I thought I thought I had lost access to Zoom actually since you know I wasn't able to pay my subscription this but a lot of us have wanted me to be on here this morning because something told me first quick <laughs> and it, it was only a lot of, I, apparently I still have access to everything all praises due to Allah um Allah knows what's in your heart and if you are sincere enough in your prayers and are patient with him when you go after what it is that is in your heart, that he has placed on your heart, when you take us towards, he takes two towards you. He aids you with tools, the guidance, the strength, 
and the willpower um, to help uh, carry out his his work. You'll notice that whenever you try to do work that is other than the work he has for you to do, he makes it hard. <laughs> he makes it hard for you. He starts whooping you like when you whoop the horse <laughs> to make it move faster. He's trying to whoop you out of the path you're um that you've chosen for yourself um rather than the path that he has signed for you to be on um so the brother that was speaking um he said uh to build a nation you have to start by building the individual that's a quote that stuck out to me um and he was speaking on uh those of us who believe in the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and not the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan really didn't listen to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, um, which I think is true. You can't say you believe in in uh, him and not the minister when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is the one who told us to look at him and listen to him. So um, another quote that stuck out to me was, doubt is the mother of hypocrisy. When I first started studying the teachings at around 16, uh, years old. I wasn't a registered member yet, but um, I studied the teachings and um, I thought I was a believer <laughs> until I got put in situations that tested or tried my faith. Um, you know, we're taught, we, we've heard of the quote, do you think you will be left alone on saying you not and it showed me how to live faith. I believe the mother or cause of that was, oh, I apologize. I, I believe the mother or cause of that was indeed um, doubt because if I truly believe that uh, these teachings do work, you know, you know, Right. Let me study that. I finally made that. Wow, alaikum salam. We lost you a little bit at the end, but we did get the majority of what you were saying, sister. Uh, all praises due to Allah. Um, something to, to kind of give some clarity as well. If you if you happen to stop your subscription to the premium portion of the power call, you still have access to the Zoom. Um, that's still open to everybody. You just will lose access to the premium features within the app, but you still be able to get on the calls. You'll just access it through the home section um, instead of the premium call section. But either way, you'll still be able to get on the Zoom calls for those who else may be curious about that um, as well. So I thank you for sharing this so far. Um, Brother Maximus, you up next. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. One minute, sorry about that. Um, okay, what stood out to me was the part about um, how can you do any, I might be paraphrasing, how can you do anything if you don't know yourself? And the knowledge made me think about something I was reading in Surah chapter 44, when um, Ava Muhammad was talking about the minister um, the Holy Quran is entitled the drought. A drought is a period of dry 
whether extended in a time and injurious to life. It is brought about by the absence of rain. As Minister Farrakhan's period of silence became protracted, the believers were forced to draw upon that which we had already received and absorbed from him because no new water was coming down to replenish us. During a drought, only deep-rooted plants survived. They provided their own water. Relief from our thirst must come from within. We must ponder over what we have been given. We must demonstrate gratitude for that we have been given. We must reflect upon what we have been given. We must prove the truth of what we have been given by being successful. We owe our lives to Allah and the person Master Farah, his Christ, and their anointed servant, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And it goes back to when he was talking about the teaching and studying the material and the information that was given to us. Um, let me see. Um, because um, it, it goes back to when he was talking about the open book exam. So in all the books and the teachings that was given through the minister, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, all the information is there. But if we open up the book and go back and resort and read and take from it what we can, we'd be successful. That's it. Yes, sir. All praise is due to Allah. Uh, Sister Shireen. It should be unlocked for you. It's not it's not blocked on the on our end, so I'm I'm not sure. Let me see if I can click on you and see if it can allow it. There we go. Let's see. I'm not sure. We'll come back. We'll come back to you. Just keep trying, Sister Shereen. Um, next we have it says iPhone. Is that Hi, Sister this is, yeah, it's Sister okay. Trapetta. Yes, 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 yes. Um uh I can't say it correctly. I wanna say it. Uh so I'm not I can't I can't say it. Well, greetings to the family. I was trying to get my words together. Um I'm kind of happy that I'm coming behind Brother Maximus because um what he just shared just now, I, I just want to get a little more clarification or or give a little more instruction to just the reading of the word. Um, reading of the word, you can't necessarily say that we all can just read it and just apply what we can and it's okay. Because we have to be doers of the word. So we have to not just read it, we have to study it. And then we also have to have a teacher. Um, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, during this lesson just now, the brother uh, minister just shared that, you know, we can read all the great words and and know it, have an open book test or or whatever the case may be. But you have to have your heart. You have to have a teacher um, to explain what you're reading is actually in the Bible, the Ethiopian eunuch. I can't think of where it's at, but, you know, he said, how do I? How do I know what I'm reading unless I have a teacher? Someone has to explain it. 
So I just wanted to put that back out there. And uh, words, I went back to my my text um, like in the chat because I kept writing on chat and it was such such powerful and insightful ways of putting things into practice. Um, because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about is the lessons that we've learned. Okay, I can agree with you on this, Brother Maximus, but what we have learned, we are deeply rooted uh, whether it's the Christian, Muslim, I don't know other Buddhism, whoever, um, you know, being rooted in the truth because we understand, I understand now that the actual true trueness to God is just to obey, just obey God. Don't get caught up in the titles, don't get caught up in the religions, just obey, do what is right. Um, I know that um, I also... Um, has shared with a brother who said that uh, he had a hard time and just stopping uh, uh, getting rid of the negative thoughts. And I just want to, again, to share with him, you know, consume yourself with the power call, consume yourself, you know, with things like change from what you would normally do and replace it with what's good. Whether you like gaming or whether you like different shows on the TV, like you say, you were going to go back to this message um, and don't be discouraged if that message is not right there readily available because sometimes it takes a minute for the replays. Uh, but to go to other messages from the power call, because the more you put in is what will come out. So if you're doing a lot of TV, then that's what's going to come out. But if you're doing a lot of the power call, a lot of of whatever it is that you're consuming is what will come out. And I will stop because I've been gone over my minutes now, but this is a wonderful time and have a wonderful one, everyone. Stay blessed. Thank you, my sister. All praise is due to Allah. Uh, sister sure. Shereen, let's try again. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. All praise is due to Allah. Oh, praise is due to Allah. Now it's time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, what came to my mind is that the, um, cycles of difficulty and ease that, um, we have faced as a black community has gotten us to where we are, where we are today. Um, the ease that we experience after the struggle, um, that, some some of our people fought for in terms of integration. Um, now we see that that wasn't necessarily the correct fight, the uh, the integration, because we have lost in the comfort of being in the presence of our enemy, our open enemy. So we can shop in his stores. We can you know, go to his restaurants and go to his hotels, but now we don't have our own economy that's viable. And our people don't really have a sense of ownership in terms of development, the big developing the big industries that sustain a nation. Um, even with our children, they don't even have a sense of brother and sisterhood in terms of um, how they relate to one another. The, there's so much violence among them. And when 
they are addressed and you say, don't fight your brother, don't fight your sister. That's not my sister. That's not my brother. Like they don't even have that reference of what was um, in the 60s and the 70s is, uh, you know, the love of black pride and even not and not to not to shame anybody for their style stylistic choices, but even the way I'll dress devolved down to this um almost naked thing that that women are doing um with the fashion and with the hair um you know our ability to take on how another culture looks that 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 was that was the prize for some of us you know that that is the prize for some of us right now whether we can buy $200 and $300 hair that belongs to somebody else and put it on our hair. And then we say, oh, I'm beautiful. Now my life is better. You know, it's like our whole um, understanding of what to strive for has been completely annihilated. Like I, I saw a clip and it, it really hurt me I saw a clip today of some women doing classes of pole dancing with their daughters. And some people are masking it as fitness for the children. Um, and, you know, so the ease that we have in our society now is crippling us. And sister was just talking about, you know, letting go of some of the, the time we spend in gaming or watching TV, that's ease. I can sit down, I could come home and sit down and watch a billion hours of TV and and just be comfortable. But what is happening to me physically and mentally as I um, avoid challenges of transforming my life? So that's what came to my mind. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you for sharing, my sister. Uh, next up, we have Sister Ina. Okay, assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam, ma'am. Oh my goodness, I slept on brother. I saw this video so many times, scrolling through um, YouTube. I was like, no, nah, not yet, not yet. Oh my, yo, that whole video, I'm a, like a new person right now. He done unlock all type of areas in my brain. Okay, and I can only think of some right now. You know, when 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 the next person go, I'll think of a whole bunch of stuff. You know how you how you when you on you can't think of everything. But anyway, all right. The open book test killed me. I was like, when he talked about that, I was like, how could you fail? But the way he explained it, he's exactly right. You know, I never even thought about it that way. The ease part, how. How how the people uh, was when they at ease they can be taken over. They can be taken over because um, they sleep and they really sleep and when they at ease and they have luxury and they have what they want and then the enemy could come. The enemy could come right in and um, can take over. And uh, I'm going to end it right there. I'm at work, so <laughs> all right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for this moment. Wa alaikum salam, ma'am. Appreciate you sharing. 
Uh, let's see who we got up next. Brother Eric. Assalamualaikum. Salam, sir. Hey, I got a whole lot from this brother. Uh, for one thing, I just want to touch on what he said about you cannot avoid difficulty. It reminds us the lecture from last week when he was talking about, you know, faith uh, that can't be trusted. So, you know, definitely, you know, that was a reminder from last week. And it was like a a reassurance because, you know, we're going to go through this, you know, whatever it is, and then we have to uh, pray for the, the tribulation and not the trial, you know. Uh, but, and then another takeaway was fear, what he had talked about, about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, he said, fear is parasitic. It has to be, it has to have a host to thrive on. You know, that was real deep. It was just a, something that stood, stood out for me. And uh, <clears throat> and also, it was the division of the family. On to add what he was saying about that, was that I talk about all the kind of desensitizing of men and us having a problem. We see so much nakedness that a lot of times you get a man in his 50s in my age group you know, we've seen it so much. You know, now we're going to have another difference. That's more and more division of our family and division and the building up of our manhood. And uh, <clears throat> and then I want to touch on what the sister said. One thing she said that, uh, uh, you know, for me, you know, what helps me stay focused and get rid of a lot of the doubt, I listen all the time. You know, I'm fine. But if I'm out cutting grass or I'm at the fire department or I'm doing something, you know, I got to stay focused on the mission daily. If not, things could creep up in you and it's, it happens. You get attacked so much. And so it would doubt in you, you know, if you would allow it. So you have to arm yourself. And, you know, the more I listen and everything I have trouble with, something always come up like the teachers for the day I needed today. And then tomorrow comes, I need that too, you know? So it just happened over and over. And, and she said it so, <clears throat> she was so right with the more you spend. So instead of me doing watch TV, I watch my brothers and sisters. So they'll have to say, peace, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. All praise due to Allah. Thank you, brother. Uh, next we have Sister Randisha. Yes, assalamu alaikum family. So a few points that stood out to me as Brother Abdul was talking was one, he was talking about that we're just lip service Negroes. You know, he said that, you know, we do a lot of lip service. And I think about that, like sometimes we don't think before we speak. And sometimes those words can never go back in. And this is why the minister says when we say things, we have to make sure that it is an actual fact. He didn't say make sure it's your opinion. He said make sure that it's an actual fact and if it ain't a damn actual fact sometimes we just need to learn to shut up that's one of the things he also stated that you know we failed the test right how many of us failed the test in high school i know i used to be one of them people that i could sleep and i could just remember things but when it came to the open book test if i wasn't paying attention good enough guess what i failed the open book test now i could take a i could take a test and remember everything that they were saying and i could be sleep but when I'm woke consciously, I couldn't get it. So when he said about the mind and the heart, he says that 
you know, sometimes it's not about your mind and what you remember, but it's about what your heart and what you're ready to give. When you think about that, right, some of us don't have the capability to learn. Like I said, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was an unlearned man it, to this world. He had a third grade education. He said when they came and found him, the only thing that they could see was his eyeballs out the mud. So when we debating with something, we got to think that a Georgia-born Black man came to save our Black asses. I hope we don't get what you call it, but, you know, I really don't curse, but it's just so passionate right now because when we think about it, right, who else could have came for us? He knew Master Farah Muhammad. How many of us would have knew the God when we seen him? It whispered in his ear. All I got is 10 cent in my pocket and would have gave it to the God and said, you know what? I know that you're the one that came to save us. Now with a third grade education, people got master's degrees, bachelor's degrees, doctorates, and guess what? They don't even know who they walking with today. Give me one second. I'm on the power call. Now you're messing up my thought. Now, another thing that stood out to me is when he was talking about Cain and Abel, because we've been on these topics about Cain and Abel, right? And not that God despised Cain, but as the minister stated is that wherever we go, we're going to have that Cain within us. Or wherever we go, we're going to have a Cain. Everybody's not going to be able to do certain things. But we got to learn to kill that mentality of Cain. And we got to have the ability to make sure that we implement the mentality of Abel if we're going to be able to do something. And then the last thing that stood out to me was when he said, um, I believe that Sister Yasino put, a Muslim's know nothing but victory or death. And when we sing in our song and we get up there on Sundays and we get up there Saturday, MGT class and FOI class, when we say we are fighting for Islam and we will surely win, this ain't no sucker punch teacher. This ain't no punctified teacher. You got to be ready. You got to always stay ready so you don't never got to get ready. So, assalamu alaikum, family. Wa alaikum salam. That's the soldier coming out. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. All praises due to Allah. Um, Brother Maximus, you up back, uh, back again, and then we have Brother Daniel after that. Yes, assalamualaikum. Um, a little confusing when I was talking about the, you know, the knowledge, the knowledge um, of the reading. How I apply it is um, when I, when I look at the teachings of the past, present, and future. So I look at a lot of stuff from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as and the minister's foundation because it makes me think about the time and what must be done and there's always a time and season for something and how I apply it is by when I listen to something I study it helps me be able to listen to other people and I give you an example I had a, when I was at the gym someone was telling me about his diet been a little off and um, he was battling cancer so what I did was I brought him the book on how to eat to live. And the brother came up to me and I forgot I gave it to him. And he came up to me, I'm on page 40. And you know what I'm going to do when my breathing get better? I'm eating once a day, but I'm going to start eating every other day. You know what I mean? So sometimes with the, the basics of the, the knowledge, when you carry it into action, it's understanding. And a lot of things from the teachings 
make me think about things that I didn't think about before. And it makes me want to go out and seek more knowledge, just like um, Brother Abdul when he was uh, quoting George Orwell about life, you know, and a lot of other people that speak, it forces you to think about other things. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it uh, for right now. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. All praise due to Allah. Brother Daniel? Yes, sir. Uh, quite a few points. Um, some of the uh, points were already uh, spoken on and enunciated. Praise be to Allah. I'll just revisit first eat to live where our brother uh, quoted the Muhammad about what fasting would do to cure 90% of the ills, mental and physical. It just made me reflect on how important that aspect of our teaching is and why it is that the Honorable Minister with Farrakhan now made it law, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said he would do one day, that we would eat one meal a day. I'm looking at the dark hour. We won't make it through this hour if we don't master the stomach. And our dear brother pointed out clearly, when you can master those two powerful drives, sex and food, don't tell me you ain't on your way to mastering the, the, the laws of nature and nature itself. So the drive is so powerful that we have to master it in order to rise into God. So that's something that I'm uh, working on, I've been working on for years. And um, I can remember where the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told the, the Honorable Minister of Farrakhan, master one meal a day, then go to one meal every other day, then one meal once every three days and stay there the rest of your life. He said that was the only thing that he did not do that he was asked to do. I tell myself, well, if that's the one thing he didn't do, he's telling us, y'all take that on. Stop. <laughs> I did everything else. Do that. <laughs> so it, it's not easy, but um, it's definitely something that um, needs to be done because he told us in the uh, Savings Day that try your best to learn how to eat to live. Because if you don't, you won't be here when I get back. So that 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 aspect is very important. Also, when he talked about the Holy Quran, and, and um, this is not his exact word, but he talked about the level of beliefs and how none of us are at the point where the Holy Quran is truly our guide. So we're all in the state where we fight the submission. We fight to submit and make the Holy Quran our guide. And he mentioned the community that he said, don't say you believe, say you submit, because faith has not entered into your heart. And actually the Honorable Minister of Farrakhan did a whole message to the believers on that and told us, you know, don't say you believe, just say you submit. And, he, and one of the believers asked him, well, what you want me to do, brother minister? He said, look, I this ain't no instant coffee thing. What do you want me to do? Just just submit. And they said, the believer said, that's all? He said, well, ain't that enough? <laughs> I say, yes, it is enough. Just submit. Um, lastly, I will look at the uh, part, just the overall message, where he's teaching us that when you get in ease, that's when the trial truly begins. That's what I saw as the moral of the message because, you know, I desire a lot of things of good. But I wonder, why is it so slow in coming? One, because you won't submit. Two, you have to develop the character so when you get it, you can maintain it. It reminds me of the minister when Honorable Elijah Muhammad told him, brother, when you find out who you are, you will have to struggle 
to hold yourself down. So he's a man who was thoroughly trying to test it. So when he came into the knowledge that he's the Messiah, he said, I won't get boiled over with myself. So a lot of times the slowness of progress, a lot of it is deviation. But some of it is, can you handle what you're asking for? And if you can't, then it'd be best that you develop the character and be slow to get what you need. Because as Rome fell, as America's fallen, as the great test of sustaining your righteousness, and then when I give you that, can you hold it? Most won't be able to, to manage it. So patience and prayer is absolutely necessary in developing the character. So that when we come into our greatness, as the minister said, and I close with these words in the Swan song, he said, when Allah shows you your gift, these are his words. He said, that's when a jackass is born. <laughs> so he said, you ain't got there yet. Just hold on. So those are some of the takeaways. All praises due to Allah. Thank you, brother. Um, Sister Shereen, up again. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, ma'am. Yeah, Sister Randisha got me fired up. I, but I'm going to try not to curse. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I heard something yesterday, and it made me so mad. But it's from one of these intellectual uppity Negroes that, you know, they got knowledge of self, but they, they acting like it just fell from the sky. You know, it just, there was not a space that incubated it and, and developed it and nurtured it and gave it a foundation to stand on. They just got it, you know? And that really ticks me off because the quote unquote conscious community, the woke community, they, they don't give credit where credit is due. And th that bothers me a lot too, you know. Um, like I'm, I'm ready to start just being like, yo, just shut up. You know what I mean? Like just shut up because right now for all of the wokeness or whatever that you got, you don't have the courage to say where you got it. You don't, you can't just say thank you Elijah Muhammad, thank you, Minister Farrakhan. You you gotta put it on some book or some, and I'm not and I'm not trying to put down our cultural community and our African studies people. However, why do we keep reaching back to two thousand years ago and three thousand years ago and six and twenty five thousand years ago and and you know, the symbols and the hieroglyphics and the unks and the, all that other stuff when we got something that's for right now. If all that stuff was what it was, then why hasn't it transformed us right now in this present day? So just wearing a necklace or some earrings is not sufficient to raise us from the dead. We are a dead people, and this is a resurrection work. And the teachings have resurrecting power. So if you dilute them to just a slogan or just um, attributing it to, um, what, what did Malcolm say, the, ba the ballot or the bullet or, you know, these little stupid things that we like to hold on to and act like we militant 
No, militant is cleaning us up off of the drugs, is getting our women out of the strip club, is is getting our babies real education that gives them knowledge of self and that includes knowledge of God and the devil. You know, so that, yeah, yeah. Difficulty and ease. So the ease of the internet has a bunch of jokers running around thinking they know something they read a paragraph off of a google um search and and they think that's sufficient to say they got knowledge of self okay i'm done assalamu alaikum wa alaikum salam wa alaikum salam how else would they know unless they have a teacher and how else would they have a teacher unless one is sent that's that's the beauty of the teachings and that's the beauty of of us being the best example that we can be to show the transformative power and the life-given ability of these teachings as well. But we can just put that clean glass right next to the dirty glass so we don't have to condemn one another, our sisters and brothers that may not know where they got it from. Some of them don't know. Uh, so as long as we're striving to be the example, continue to improve self, eventually that will be infectious other than the, the fair-seeming uh, skills or, or the fair-seeming actions that are taking place that they may think um is knowledge of self but i appreciate you sharing my sister uh we have brother rudy x again thank you very much i would you know I, i'm just reflecting on what brother daniel 6x said brother you said it all and you said it well praise be to allah so one of the things that stood out most to me from what brother daniel 6x said is when he was referring to uh Dr. Abdullah, well, I don't know if he's a doctor, but he is to me. When we were talking about the subjugation of our evil habits versus the urge to relapse into them, I thought that was really important. Um, I was a cocaine user, marijuana, cigarettes, alcohol, you name it, I did it. But now I'm at a point where I'm seen in the streets with a bow tie, a bowler hat, black suit, final call, uh, oils. And this doesn't mean that I'm resurrected, but what it does mean is that I put on an armor of God, so I'm a lot more attractive to the people. But the truth of the matter is, is that deep down, sometimes I have the thought, which, if I lean on it too much, will produce an urge. So I realized in listening to today's lecture, followed by with what Brother Daniel X6X X said, and how we explained it, um, Honestly, I thought I was doing pretty good. I thought, you know, Rudy X, okay, you're here now, you're there. No, 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 I'm not. So I just wanted to say, Brother Daniel 6X, I appreciate what you said, uh, more so how you said it, because it really helped me to understand the value of these lectures, the value of these kinds of Zoom meetings. And I will strive to just eliminate even the urge, the, the thought in and of itself with the help of Allah. Thank you and assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Brother Marcus. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Yes, sir. I'll try to be real quick. Yeah, I just want to say that uh, I've benefited so much from this channel from uh, Brother Ben's power call that uh, I don't even know what to say. And he's always bringing good knowledge, but I'm gonna try to get straight to the point. First of all, I wanna say that uh, uh, none of my views and none of my opinions are against Brother Ben or the power call community. 
This is just what I've learned uh, from the teachers of the, of the Honorable Mrs. Farrakhan, the Most Honorable Muhammad, and what my parents taught me. Uh, what stood out to me and what I said in the comment when I said that that the brother was was in error or was wrong when he when he when he made a particular statement about 22 minutes in he says quote how many followers did uh, the unabashed Muhammad or the most knowledgeable Muhammad have uh, and then and and then he goes on to say he didn't have a bunch of followers he had a bunch of lip professing Negroes end quote so I was basically against that statement I found that statement to be uh, in bad taste, bad nature, bad spirit, and not something that would stand up in the light of, of where we are and the reality of where we are where we are today. Uh, he does not speak for the whole reality of the followers of the Muslim Muhammad prior to 1975. Uh, he's, well, basically, he even said that he's uh, referring to himself. He says because he fell, but just because you fall as an individual doesn't mean that you can speak for everybody. Uh, now, um, to, to say that, does that include Brother Jabril, Brother Jabril Muhammad, our angel? Does that include uh, Mother Tanetta Muhammad? You know, I can go on and on. My, uh, when, when the nation fell back in 1975, uh, my parents, my mother and my father, they were, uh, they joined in the 60s and they did not fall like, like most other people fell. They didn't, they didn't fall like that. When when the nation when the nation fell and Wadi Muhammad started talking crazy about the messenger, they just left, like uh, I'm sure a lot of other brothers and sisters did, and continued to practice the teachings of the of the unabolished Muhammad, the Muslimized Muhammad, on their own at their at their at their house at their home, and then when the time was right in the uh, around 78, 79, in the, in the uh, late uh, 70s, early 80s. They helped uh, the Honorable Mr. Farrakhan reestablish the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Never smoked, never drink, and never did, never did any of that. Um, so, so this brother, listening to this brother, and he was played once before, and he said some things about Abraham, which I did not agree with when he was in a, in another video that we can get into another time. But basically, in this particular video, about so many minutes in, uh, well, no, I said that already. Uh, in a video called I Accept the Challenge by the Honorable Minister Farrakhan, a prayer was said by a brother that really disturbed the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He did not like it. Why he didn't like it? Because Abraham and Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, was taken out of the prayer. And so he questioned the brother, brother, who taught you this prayer? Why are you saying it like this? In, in other words, he replaced uh, Prophet uh, uh, Abraham, Prophet Muhammad with um uh, what was it, the messenger D? With the most honest, he, he changed it. And so the minister didn't like it. And so he questioned who told you. And the brother who he said was, uh, who told him that was this brother we're listening to right here. I'm 99% sure, Brother uh, Abdullah John Shabazz. And so I'm just saying that, uh, like I was saying in the chat, that we have to be very careful when we listen to old tapes and old recordings or just anybody and make sure that it's in the right spirit and it's in the right light and it's speaking the same truth of where we are today. Because one of the things that 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 caused, uh, when I said this, the brother spoke it in bad spirit by saying that, by equating all of the followers with lip professing, lip professing Negroes, that's not correct. That's not a right way to say that. So that was my point. And this is what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was trying to get Brother uh, Dr. Khaled, Dr. Khaled to, 
understand at a certain point uh, that caused the separation and division, all this other stuff. He was trying to get him, get him to speak from a more of a spiritual standpoint. He was coming off on the uh, Jewish community at a in a very bitter, negative spirit, and he could not understand that. He eventually understood it, but then you know, just just like. Uh, you know, with Malcolm and other stuff, it was too late. The enemy was already in there doing this and that. So that is my point in making that point. I'm not, you know, trying to argue with the brothers in the power call and sisters in the power come community or lash out against uh, Brother Ben, nothing like that. We just have to be very careful. That's all. I was fortunate and blessed to be raised by pioneer parents and was fortunate to actually grow up around people like uh, the Brother Kyle and all these heads and stuff. And of course, you know, I've, I've learned a lot, and I'm now coming into uh, a deeper understanding of the teachings. I didn't have it back then, and, uh, you know, I'm paying for those consequences, but I just want to bring that light and make that point. Uh, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you for sharing your your, your thoughts and opinions, brother. Um, next, we have Brother 6X, Daniel 6X. Yes, sir. Uh, but I did read Brother's comment in the while the message was being spoken, and I did ask our beloved brother which point was not exactness. I'm glad he clarified uh, on the air in public what was not exact. I don't know if I did brother said all were lip professors. I don't know. Somebody please help me out. Um, I don't recall him using the word all. I thought he said most was lip professors. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said himself that most was lip professors, which is why the nation failed in the first place. Okay, he didn't say all. So that's important. If he didn't say all, then his statement is correct. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that there would be so few left that they could fit in the taxi cab. And the minister verified and said the ministers never said that all failed. He said some sisters kept on their white dress and things like that. So, but he said that the little that would be left would be so weak, it would look like all failed. They were not strong enough to resurrect the uh, nation. That that was only Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to do. I do recall the message because I just heard it, where our brother. Abdullah was uh, correcting in public for telling Brother Shaheed to remove Abraham's name and Muhammad's name out of the prayer. The minister corrected uh, Brother Shaheed in public. He corrected Brother Abdul in public, and he removed them both from speaking from the roster. So these messages are reviewed. I didn't hear a correction from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on this particular message. So um, I would believe we have to be very careful with the correction of our brother, who was honored by the minister and the work that he has done. Um, I personally didn't see. I had to listen to our brother carefully because he is very scholarly. And I personally didn't see errors or mistakes being made in this particular message. Um, I understand brother passion about his parents and the pioneer and how they kept the teachings. And I, I, I understand that and greatly respect that. 
Um, I don't want to say anything else to that. I just would caution our great brother in uh, um, his condemnation of what he saw as a not exact because what we say has to be proven with actual facts and we should use the Messiah in our midst to judge such uh, exegesis. So that would, uh, that would be all that I would have to say to that. Thank you. Thank you, beloved. Um, next, we have Brother Martin. Salaikum. Waalaikum salam, sir. I um, believe uh, Brother Marcus was, um, when he was referring to Brother Abdullah, I believe Brother Abdullah was referring to the hypocrisy that had rose in the nation at that time. He wasn't um, uh, uh, condemning all of the believers because as he stated, his parents and a lot of others did stay the course. But at the end of the day, the minister and those others did review those lectures and a lot of the lectures, we can't actually, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is a little uh, chat. Um, we can't look at lectures from the 60s and 70s unless we look at the time that was at hand when a lot of things were said. There are a lot of things that the minister said then that he wouldn't say now, not that he's changed his standpoint or opinion or belief, but at different times, different things have to be said. Um, something else I wanted to say was that uh, our brother, uh, Minister Abdullah had a long running column in the final called 1155. And he is a scholar and he will always be um, well remembered through the nation for his work. He's ministered at many mosques through the nation and, you know, salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you for sharing. And I would just say as well that we don't we don't want the comments and things to be a debate or a uh, conversation focused on that. Um, I appreciate everybody sharing. Um, again, if you have takeaways for what you you glean from the lecture today as well, be sure to share those and just understand as well that you know we also have those who may be new to these teachings, and we want to make sure that we are always representing these teachings in the best form, always settling on the best part of one another always settling on the best part of what we're learning and understanding. And I appreciate the brother stating that as well, that context is very important. This lecture is from 1987, May 3rd, 1987. It's not 2023. Um, so things have been learned. Things have been corrected. Things have been improved. And our understanding is even more deeper than we have now than we did then. So let's just always take things in context, be sure to settle on the best part of whatever we're receiving and always continue to strive to rise above emotions into the thinking of God. Um, and everything that we do as well. Um, next, we have, uh, let's see here. I think I lost my space there. Uh, Sister Trapetta, I believe you were next. And um, I was just back, and it was a mic drop. My, you brothers, everyone has already shared. And um, so just another, it was just encouragement again, just to know that it's all right for us to um ask questions, not in the debate, but ask questions and be able to get a, a good understanding 
and know that um, it's definitely not an attack. We are to here to build each other up. We're given the feedback from what we understood. And uh, we understand that maybe right now we're in the ease <laughs> and the ease is going to have some struggle and um, we're going to work through it and we're going to come out victorious. So that's all. Oh, praise is due to Allah. Um, let's see here. Brother Marcus, you wanted to comment again? Oh, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, I just wanted to come up. Yeah, I could have said all, but the point I'm trying to make, family, is that our dear brother, and our brother is is very smart and all that, or was very smart, you know, I'll be pleased with him. But the point I'm making is he did not clarify or make a distinct a distinction between what he meant when he said that um, when he said uh, he didn't have, he did not have uh, followers, uh, uh, but a bunch of uh, lip professing, lip professing Negroes. Okay, so that basically puts everybody in the bunch. And so, like I said, he didn't point out, well, not this brother, not this sister, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm just saying that we have to be very careful when we listen to uh, our brothers and sisters speak because they could have something in what they say that that might be off-centered and that could lead us astray. So this is this is my whole point. Uh, we have to be very careful. Um, the minister went on. If you can go back to that video, I told you, go back to that video. I accept the challenge and play the beginning. And the minister was, uh, he was very upset with, with that. But um, yeah, when I first heard this brother a while back, I was listening. I said, wow, this brother's deep. And so I started listening to him and studying him and everything. And then uh, I was like, uh, well, how come, you know, more people don't know about this brother? And how come he's not, you know, how come his videos are not, et cetera, et cetera. And then I recently came across uh, uh, this information that I said right here and what the minister said, uh, uh, well, what, what he said in the previous tape when he was talking about Abraham and he was saying how Abraham, the brother Abdul, his brother right here, he said Abraham, he was saying how the Bible condemns Abraham by talking about how he prostituted his wives and stuff like that. And again, the way he said that, it was in the wrong spirit it was, a, it was in bad taste. And when we say something in the teachings, we point something out in the Bible. Nowadays, uh, we don't just leave it like that. We give it clarification. We, we give it understanding. We don't just say that and then end with, well, yeah, you know, all the prophets, this, that, and the other. But the Quran, you know, doesn't mention that. The Quran gets straight to the point. But to leave it like that, that still insinuates and applies that, okay, well, you know, maybe there's some dirt dealing with with um with uh, 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 Brother Abraham. And so just small little things like that, you know, which uh, like the brother said, like the Muslim Muhammad said, this brother, you know, uh, quote unquote, uh, basically he said, uh, you know, is innovating. You know, when you get to a certain point to where you think you understand the teachings and you can modify and change and, and redirect, we just have to be careful. That's all, that's all I'm saying, brothers and sisters. Salam alaikum, love y'all. Wa alaikum salam. Uh, Sister Shireen. Uh, salam alaikum. So I, I was going to try and go on to another point about the lecture, but since brother came back, the, so this is the thing, what we have to do. We cannot get caught up in our personal um, ouches and and 
uh-ohs when we hear something and bring it out to the broader public like this because it makes it seem like we're not consistent with what the minister has allowed and permitted. So uh, this lecture is available through the final call building or the final call um, publishing, right? That's how we heard it. So if if we are able to hear it, then, then the minister has said, okay. And so he he doesn't have to qualify the statement by saying each and every believer that left the mosque was a lit professing um, Negro, except for brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, sister so He's saying generally the, the way that the nation fell was because people said something and then when the test came, they were not able to stand up to the trans the transition, okay? And so because of that, and the, and the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said it was gonna happen, right? So he was one of the people and he's coming back to say, you know what, this is what happened when we when we went away. So now that we're back, we gotta be careful that we can't let that energy, you know, creep up into us and let us be divided. However, the test shows up. And, and then he gives us some background information to help su substantiate what he's saying and to strengthen us because when we get the ease, that's when we're gonna get uh, sloppy. And so now look at how we are. We're, we're in ease. We're in our homes. We're listening to a lecture. You know, we're discussing it. And now we got we are critiquing somebody that helped to rebuild, that came to the aid of the minister and assisted him in this mighty work. So no matter how powerful the people felt in the absence of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, they were still not powerful enough to stand up the body. And that's what he's saying. The body was weak, not the individual, not the, you know, some hairs on somebody's head, not the fingernails, but the, the whole skeletal system collapsed under the pressure that came from outside and inside. It was a it was a double attack. It came from the outside. It came from the inside, and that's what we could not stand up to. And so, brother Abdullah, you know, he might have some um, delivery. He might have had some delivery that wasn't pleasant for everybody to hear. But even in a moment like that, we are to hear it and then acknowledge, hmm. That makes me feel some kind of way. Why is that? And explore it. But we need to be careful about bringing out what makes us uncomfortable when uh, uh, one of the, the minister's representatives, student representatives come out in front of the body and gives a message. We have to be careful about how we break it down and how we receive it and then 
push it out to everybody, push our emotions and feelings out to everybody else because we're also taught to rise above our emotions into the thinking of God. So why were we allowed to hear it any, even in the first place? So that's it. As-salamu alaykum. Bye. Wa alaykum salam. Thank you, sister. We're going to end it off with Brother Javier because I need to go get my daughter in a few minutes. Um, go ahead, my brother, Brother Jay. Peace, family. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, so uh, two things that stood out to me um, just watching the lecture is, one, overcoming ease. And it makes me think about uh, the quote, uh, success breeds complacency and complacency breeds failure. Um, and, like, what I got from that is, it's kind of like I love music, so I think about like my favorite artists when they first getting on, when they trying to overcome the difficulty of breaking through the industry, and then they achieve their success. Then some of them get complacent in their ease of their success, and then the music just don't hit the same. And the result of that is their numbers might not do the same as they used to be. So some of them got to go back to the drawing board and, and get back in touch with, you know, uh, get back in touch with with that struggle. And uh, I think one thing that can help us not get complacent when it comes to the ease is understanding that um we got to get better um and if we if we got to grow into like the mind of god um that's gonna take some time like in as many stages and if we like the earth and the earth been revolving or re-evolving for millions of years then it's not gonna happen overnight for us so just because we make it to level one um i believe the minister said that ease is just to give us a little uh, give us a little bit more juice, a little bit more energy to get back out there and struggle again to get even better. You know, so that's just something that, that made me think about. And then the second thing was when he basically was talking about how just because you gave something up, that don't mean like the urge is gone. Like overcoming the urge and resisting the urge is two different things, man. It just makes me think about like how powerful words are. And you could say, say, for example, I'm striving to overcome smoking marijuana and let's say I, I I go three years without but I still have that urge when I see somebody smoking whether I, I don't let it get to me or not but just because I still have that urge that means deep down inside somewhere it's still it's still in there I ain't, I haven't overcame yet and that, that was just something powerful to think about because I'm so I'm so anxious to overcome this will overcome this but it's it, it's just a lot more steps, and I'm gonna leave it right there. But it, that was definitely a powerful. It was a powerful call, man, today for sure. Oh, praise is due to Allah. Thank you for sharing, brother Jay. One, one yes, thing sir. I will say is you 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 brought up uh, some great points in that, and I ended off with this as well. Um, we we're taught that a hundred percent dissatisfaction produces a hundred percent change. So as your dissatisfaction for the desire that you have to smoke continues to increase. And once you get to that point of 100% dissatisfaction in that and the, the results of what comes behind smoking that, you will produce the change that you need. That desire will remove itself. And then you, you also made a, a question, or maybe not a question, but you you made a statement in the chat as well, as well about doubt. Um, and understanding that doubt is about is, is really rooted in unsurety. So when you become more secure in your Islam, when you become more secure in these teachings, as you increase your faith, that doubt will then begin to lead. And as you continue to nurse on these teachings, you nurse on the word, nurse on what the Honorable Minister Louis uh, Farrakhan is teaching us, 
it will begin to slowly dissipate and you'll be able to really get a real true knowledge of who you are, knowledge of what, who God is and knowledge of who the devil is. And not really the devil outside of self, the devil within self. And the more that you can conquer that devil that's within self, all of these things that is causing a hindrance to you will become less, or should I say smaller of an obstacle for you? Um, because it's something that we all will continue. We live in a world full of distractions. We live in a world that's, that's continuously marketing this culture that, oh yeah, it's, you got to smoke, it's legal, so you can do it. And everyone's doing it. And especially, I know I, I used to do music as well. That's a part of the culture to do drugs and smoke weed and do these type of things. But the more that you continue to fast from those things that are pushing it in front of you, the easier it will become to overcome that as well. But just understand that this is a, this is a journey that we're all on and just know that be patient with yourself. But that, that doesn't mean don't do anything. Patience doesn't mean stop. It means be patient to yourself. Be be understanding of your process and understand that you will overcome it and continue to remove that fear by seeking refuge in Allah, praying and really asking for that desire to be increased in you to be able to remove that as well. So I just continue to wish you success, brother. You know, you got my, my number and things like that as well, brother. So you can always reach out to me if you need help. Um, with that being said, I appreciate everybody sharing their comments, sharing their feedback. If you have further comments and takeaways from the lecture, please leave it in the Power Call testimonial section within the Power Call app. And as always, make today successful on purpose. Have a blacktastic day. And I wish everyone peace and security throughout the day as well. Assalamu alaikum. You know, I don't have the outro like, like Brother Ben, so it's just going in. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>